want to say uh, welcome to those who are new to us today. Our gospel today is from the 13th chapter of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. While in the boat, all the people stood on the shore. And then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering his seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And still others fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let them hear. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message from the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, snatches away what was sown in his heart. And this is the seed sown along the path. The one who receives the seed that fell on rocky places is the person who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no, it has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes along in the world, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed who fell among the thorns is the one who hears the word, but worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out, making it unfruitful. But the one who receives the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. It produces crops yielding 160, 30 times what was sown. The Gospel of our Lord. And I invite you to join me in praying together the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So, I think we have some transplanted upper Midwesterner people here, or we have some transplanted Californians here, perhaps, or people who come from places where grass actually grows. How many here have ever planted grass seed? We have some grass seed planters here. Well, then you're going to know what I'm talking about. When I lived, when Kim and I uh, and our family lived back in Wisconsin, I can tell you that I sowed a lot of grass seed, especially after we had decided to do a major, major infrastructure job on our house. And when I mean major, I mean major. I mean, this is a 1921 farmhouse. It was built on a rock foundation basement. And the one thing about rock foundation basements is that they leak. We had a wet basement, and we said we cannot tolerate living in a house with a wet basement anymore. So we decided to spend the money, and we literally called in some movers. We had them jack up the house, and they moved it over. I mean, it was amazing to watch a house move. If you've never watched a house move, it is absolutely amazing how it moves. And it moves on these little teensy-weensy dollies. They're just this big. 
and they just, on this iron I-beam, they move across the yard. And I have pictures to prove it. Well, we excavated the entire basement. We had a whole new basement poured with insulation on the outside and on the inside and full eight inches of concrete. I mean, talk about a basement that will never, ever leak again. And we had a new septic system installed, a new well drilled. I mean, we put a lot of money into this place, to say the least. But I'll tell you what, after it was all done, the yard was an absolute mess. Can you imagine? The yard was an absolute mess. And of course, if you know anything about Wisconsin, in the area of Wisconsin where I lived, the soil is not exactly the most cooperative in the sense that there was lots of rocks. And in the area where I lived, there was a tremendous amount of clay. You know, and I'll tell you, clay is not something you want to work with because clay is something that just is very difficult. Have you ever tried to break up clay? It's almost virtually impossible. It's like you have to bake it and get it completely dry and then pound the heck out of it to get it to disintegrate small enough to where it would... Well, I said the heck with that. I just picked up the clay clumps and threw them into the back 40. Well, after all of that preparation time of getting my yard raked off and leveled and removing all the rocks, then came the day for me to plant seed. And so I went up to the local co-op and I bought a 50-pound bag of grass seed. Now, a 50-pound bag of grass seed, that's a lot of grass seed. But boy, I'll tell you, I had fun. I had fun. Now, for those of you who know anything about grass seed, you know that grass seed is very fine it's almost, when you put it in your fingers, it's almost like touching silk. It's such a fine seed. And it literally is so fine that it falls right through your fingers. It's almost impossible to hold on to because it just keeps flowing all over the place. And that was the joy of having this grass seed, is that I just went out there with absolute, what's the word, reckless abandon? And I just started tossing grass seed, you know, everywhere. I mean, I was just tossing grass seed with reckless abandon. It didn't matter where it went. I just wanted to make sure that all of that bare soil out there was filled with grass seed, that we might have a new restored lawn someday. As I reflected upon this parable today, I imagined a person sowing grass seed just out there, just like I was when I was throwing all that grass seed out there onto my future yard in Wisconsin. Without any regard for prudence or practicality, just simply tossing that seed and letting it land wherever it may land. And when we read this parable, and when we hear it, one of the things that we naturally have a tendency to do, at least I, I'm speaking for myself now, I don't know about you, but our mind and our thought process has a tendency to take us to that, the four different types of terrain that the seed falls on. And I suppose in a certain sense that does have something to do with the parable itself and the subsequent explanation of the meaning of the parable that Jesus offers to the disciples. But the thing that I find very interesting, the find, I find this very interesting about Jesus' explanation is that he is simply explaining the reality of what happens when seed is dispersed in a variety of terrains. If you go back and reread it again and just take it in for what it is, and you really listen to it, there is absolutely no overt or obvious sense of judgment or condemnation about whether one particular soil is more conducive to receiving the soil or not. 
There's absolutely no judgment or condemnation on, on whether the, the seed is fruitful or whether it's not fruitful. The seed falls where it will. And some of it takes root and bears fruit, and some of it doesn't. It's just that simple. And the realization that I had, and it, it was a delightful revelation for me, as I reflected on this parable, and I, I have to give thanks to Deb Thomas, one of my favorite writers, who shared this thought. She said that this parable is not the parable about the four different terrains, because that's sometimes how it's, it's described. It is a parable about the sower. This is a parable about the person throwing the seed. This is a parable about the nature and the character of God. It's a parable about God's kingdom. It's a parable about God's provision. It's a parable about God's extravagant generosity when it comes to us and his beloved creation. Just a few moments ago, you heard these wonderful words from the prophet Isaiah. And the prophet Isaiah had a sense and an understanding of the nature and the character of God. And Isaiah 55 gives us a glimpse gives us a glimpse into this extravagant generosity. Now, one of the things I want you to think about is I want you to go back today and I want you to read the first two verses prior to this assigned reading for today. And I'm going to read those to you in just a minute. But one of the things that I think is really important for us to hear as Isaiah speaks about this generosity of God, he also reminds us that we as human beings, as God's creatures, as God's creation, we are reminded that we cannot control and that we, as human beings, we cannot put God into our box. You've heard me say that before. And yet we need to be reminded of that again and again and again. As hard as that is for us to do. I mean, it's, it's kind of like last week's text, you know. What was it Paul kept saying last week? Why do I keep doing the things that I don't want to do, you know? I mean, the things that I should be doing, I, keep do, I, I should be doing, but I, I keep doing the things that I shouldn't be doing. You know, it's part of the struggle as human beings. We want to control things. And yet, God, through the voice of Isaiah, reminds us again and again and again that we are not in control. And that we can't put God in our own little fancy little box. In Isaiah 55, 8 and following, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's just another simple reminder to us that we are not in control of what God does. And I think that's one of the reasons why sometimes we have a little bit of difficulty understanding the generosity of God. I mean, how can God be so generous and be so wasteful as to say, I'm just going to spread the word everywhere. And I'm going to do it indiscriminately. And then we hear these wonderful words of extravagance. And you just, you just heard them, but I think they're worth hearing again. Describing the very nature of God. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return 
without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And if my purpose and the reason why I sent it, if all I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep on throwing it out there because I've got all kinds of time to keep throwing it out there and I'm going to just keep throwing it out there. And it's going to accomplish what it is meant to achieve. And you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees in the fields will clap their hands. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. What a wonderful way to describe the very nature and the character and generosity of God. I don't know about you, but I know that for me, I need to continue to keep hearing words like this. I need to keep hearing these texts in my, in my brain and in my heart and in my mind. And to be, again be reminded of what it means to be grateful of God's extravagance and boundless generosity. To know and to envision and to somehow continually be reminded that, that constant grace and that love that flows from the mouth of Jesus and from his living word, that it has absolutely no limitations. And that's what the seeds are. These seeds that are being tossed about by the sower, they are the immeasurable, unlimited words of the kingdom. The seeds are the words of grace. The seeds are the words of unconditional love. The seeds are the constant mercy of Christ pouring down upon us. The seeds are the divine presence with us in the person of Jesus Christ. And it's all around us. You know, this morning I was looking out my kitchen window and I looked in my backyard and all I see is all these rocks. You know, my whole entire backyard is full of these little three-quarter inch, one-inch rock. Y'all know what I'm talking about because most of your yards are made up of the same stuff. And yet, for some strange reason, as I looked at those rocks, I said to me, that's God's seeds. That's, a, that's another reminder to me that that's God's seeds of grace and love. And it's another reminder to me of, of the abundance and generosity of God. I mean, isn't that something how we can take something so bland and so, so dead as, as these, these, all these millions and millions of of three-quarter inch rocks that are in our backyard and we can say to ourselves that is a sign of God's abundance just another simple way I think about the song that we sang at camp and I'm not going to sing it because technically I guess I can't sing it because YouTube or Facebook will tell me that I didn't copyright it you know because I, I didn't I didn't acknowledge it properly on the screen but uh, the, the words to the song that we sang at camp was Mercy is falling, is falling, is falling. Mercy is falling like sweet spring rain. Mercy is falling, is falling all over me. And then there's this nice little refrain that we kind of got ourselves into. A-O, I receive your mercy. A-O, I receive your grace. A-O, I will dance forevermore. Just that whole idea that I get to dance my life. Imagine that, that we get to dance our lives with this shower of grace upon us every moment and every second of our lives. And that's a reminder to us that we are simply called 
as followers and disciples of Christ, that you and I, we are simply called to be seed spreaders, to be generous in the sharing, to be generous in our extending grace and speaking grace, to be generous in the way in which we offer peace and in ways in which we present and offer up resurrection hope to people who are facing uh, difficulty in their life, to be generous, like spreading grass seed that I talked about. It's not, it's, it's not our job. It's not our job to prune. It's not our job to convince or to force something to take root. I think most of us have been down that road before. We know what that means. We've been a part of other church homes or religious groups that have tried to force things upon us. But that's not our job. Our job is to simply... Spread the seed. You and I have no control over whether someone else will be touched by the grace of God. We absolutely don't, you know. One of the primary principles of Alcoholics Anonymous is, and especially Al-Anon, the people who are dealing with people who are alcoholics, one of the things that they tell them is, you cannot change your partner. Only your partner can do that. You just simply have to, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a hard concept to grasp because we live with that. People who live in those situations, we as human beings, we don't have the ability to control whether someone else is going to change or be touched by the grace of God. I mean, how many times have you and I shared the love or the compassion or the mercy of Jesus with another person and you simply do not see it take root in them? All we can simply do is trust as the word from Isaiah 55 promises, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve, achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I'm going to conclude today, and as, I, as you leave this sanctuary today, and as you journey into your daily lives, I want to leave you with an image. And if you, if you want to just take a minute, you know, this will only take 30 seconds or 45 seconds, but if you just want to take a minute to close your eyes, just close your eyes and kind of envision this as I read this to you. And this image, it comes to me through the pen of Deb Thomas. And I think it's an image that's worth us considering as we depart from here today. So just simply close your eyes for a minute and envision this. The sower goes out to sow. And as he sows, the seed falls everywhere everywhere can you imagine what everywhere is and there's no way to contain that much seed that the sower is throwing out and there's no way to sort it or save it and of course it will scatter in every direction imagine that and the sower doesn't mind as a matter of fact the sower doesn't mind at all there is in him a confident realism a sense that what needs to flourish will flourish. Maybe not all at once, maybe not everywhere, but that's okay. In other words, the sower in Jesus' parable is wholly unconcerned about where the seed falls or lands or settles. All the sower chooses to do is keep on sowing. All the sower chooses to do is keep on flinging he keeps on opening his hands. 
and throwing the seed. Why? Because there's enough seed to go around. There's enough seed to accomplish the sower's purposes. May we follow, may we follow the footsteps of the extravagant sower and might we join in spreading the seeds of God's grace, God's love, and God's mercy across the earth. Amen. I invite you to join me now as we pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now go forth from here refreshed and empowered to do the ministry to which God calls you. And share the seeds of grace and love. Share it generously. Take the, the example of our Lord and Savior and just toss out that love and that grace and that mercy wherever you go because you have everything in you that you need us. And notice God's presence in simple everyday experiences. And whenever the opportunity arises, continue to labor for the good of all. And may the blessing and the joy of God, our creator, healer, and life giver, go with you today and always. Amen. Go in peace and tell what God has done. And thanks be to God.